0: Our scripture reading today is from Acts seventeen twenty eight. For in him we live and move and have our being, as also some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Good morning again, church. You know, um, I know quite a few of our members are away today. And th- last night I said to, to Clint... You know, I don't think there's going to be many people at church today because I know there are some of our members who are away, so I am really pleased and very happy that so many of us are here today. I want to welcome you. I want to thank you for coming, and I hope that we all get a bit of a blessing from the few things I hope to say today. So God bless. You know, when I was young, I always prayed and hoped that I would get really, really, very, very old. Meaning that I don't want to die young. And I want to be old, but able to look after myself. So that has been one of my foremost prayers, you know, ever since I can remember myself. I don't know if the, if it's the right thing that I'm doing, but I feel like I need to outlive Clint's and my children, and all of that, but, you know, only the Lord knows. In 1998, experienced skydiver Ivan McGuire leapt out of a plane 9,000 feet above Raleigh, North Carolina, intent on filming his fall. Unfortunately, while he remembered his video camera, He forgot his parachute, and predictably, with predictably fatal results. Are we looking before we leap in this world today? There are so many things that are going on, so many things that are hurting, so many things that are good, but we need, with the world and the condition that it is in right now, to keep looking and loving our Savior, Jesus Christ. If that's the only thing we do, I know we have to eat, and we have to make money for food and housing and stuff, but we need to stay really close to the Lord and not forget him like this gentleman forgot his parachute. Bow your heads with me for a moment, please. Thank you, Lord, for your awesome love and greatness. May we never doubt your power to save And please continue with us on our journey to you and your kingdom. The Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines life as a way or manner of living. It also tells us it's a vital living being, life. And life is also the period of existence. The quality that distinguishes a vital and functional being from a dead body. So life is someone who is alive and hopefully doing the right things. I just want to mention a few things today, um, which involves the fact that, you know, I I like reading the book of Ecclesiastes, and in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 2, it tells us vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Human existence by itself is vanity. The toil and struggle of men, that too is vanity. So what's left? If everything in life seems to be vanity, what's there for us to do other than what we are doing right now? You know, life has never been so good for so many. Yet, we don't have the time to enjoy it. Even in a serene community like Marshfield. We are possessed by the desire to have, consumed with the need to consume. We beep. We WhatsApp. We ring, we email, we tweet, we do Facebook, and we fax. The faster is all the better. In life, we want to be comfortable at all times rather than have things that we have to worry about. So, for the most part, though, life isn't about being comfortable is full of harsh realities and unsavory details that we would rather hide from behind nine-to-five work, work days, homework weekend movies than deal with life head-on we neglect to take the time to easily sorry to really get to know wonderful interesting persons who could and would have added so much and can add so much to our lives. Figure out what is important in life before life figures it out for us. Work, sports, books, money may all keep us busy and help us feel fulfilled right now. But at the end of the day, when all's been said and done, Our money and our jobs don't care whether we live or die. The little things we worry about every day, the laundry, the price of gasoline, the president, the price, the rise, sorry, in AT&T stock, everything we sit here and rant about every week, absolutely none of it means anything if we have no one, including family, friends, and Jesus, to share it with. The only things in life that truly matter in this world are the things that will remember us after we are gone. The people we love, the people whose lives we touch, The people who know us and care about us and understand what makes us tick. The people we learn from. The people we inspire. The people we trust. And the people we believe when they tell us everything will turn out all right. The most important, though, is loving Christ and following him. You know, that's what really matters in our lives. You know, I, I just told you about getting old. And I don't know, do we any of us get vibrant, vibrant Life magazine? Maybe, this is an old Vibrant Life magazine that I got this from, 2015. And there were seven women featured in one of their columns, I don't know why there were not any men. And that bothers me, because these women were 100 to 105 years old. I'm looking to hit 105. But do any of our men ever get that old, or is it just us women who live that long? So men, what are you all doing? Why are you not living that long like us women? Are you not looking after yourselves? Are you not eating healthily? Are you not exercising? (laughs) Well, you know what? I want to tell you a little bit about what these women said about life. And Miss Edith is 103 years old. And her favorite health tip, start with dessert first. And, of course, hot tea. She is from Scotland, I think. And her secret to longevity is staying active. At age 94, she won a two-mile race in California. You know, and here's Miss Varian. Miss Varian is 100 years old. And her favorite health tip, and Clinton would like this, eat watermelon every single day of life. And what's next on her bucket list? Driving her car again, although she never got an official driver's license. (laughs) Miss Marjorie is 103, and her favorite health tip, I don't know how many of us ever managed to do this, is to take a nap every afternoon. How many of us take a nap every afternoon? Really? You find the time? Oh boy, I wish I could do that. But then again, I may not just take a nap. I may sleep for several hours or so, and then I can't sleep at night. So, how does that work? How does that work, Miss Shirley? I wake up very early. Oh, okay. Okay, goody. Did you all hear that? That's the way to do it. You get up very early in the morning, and then you're ready for your afternoon nap. And Miss, um, Miss Marjorie says um, her secret to longevity is you got to get out there and make a difference. How many of us are trying to make a difference in our lives and in other people's lives? You know, Miss Adjust uh, tells us that her secret to longevity, and she says, it's the Lord's business that I've lived so long. And next on her bucket list is she would like to go to church one more time, which her friends at her nursing home have promised to do. You know, and here is Miss Adris. She's 103 as well. And her secret to longevity is staying active and traveling all around the world. Wouldn't it be nice if we could all do that? But you know the one thing that struck me with Miss Edris is that her, the next thing on her bucket list is, I'll get back with you on that. I've got time. So she's 103, but she's looking to live a lot longer than that. So she'll get back to you. She's still got time. Ms. Hortens is 102. And her um, bucket list is, if I had a computer... I might be able to find a boyfriend. (laughs) And her favorite health tip is, eat asparagus and green beans every day. And lastly, but not least, is Miss Vera. Miss Vera is 105 years old. And her secret to longevity, and this one kind of killed me, and I, if I had known this a long time ago, maybe I would have followed it, maybe not. But listen, her secret is being ornery and not having kids. They age you. Can you believe that? And her bucket list is to stockpile chocolate-covered cherries. You know, I'm glad that We are living, and all of these ladies, I think, live in a blue zone. And as as Adventists, I think we all know more or less what a blue zone is. And I won't go into that. But I want us to, because God is our creator, he's our friend, he's our savior, he wants us to all to go to heaven with him when he comes. And there are certain things in life that we need to do. Most important being that we need to love him, serve him, Walk with him every step of the way, every day, every minute of our lives. Otherwise, I don't think we can make it. And that makes me feel, including myself, makes me feel very, very badly. You know, life isn't fair, that's for sure. My great-aunt smoked cigarettes all her life and lived to be 83. We've heard these remarks over time. One of the ladies in her church died from lung cancer at 52. She took good care of herself and never smoked. A minister and his family were hit head-on by a drunk driver. Two of the children died. The mother will never walk again. But the drunk man only broke a few bones. Policemen struggle to make their house payments while drug dealers eat in the finest restaurants, fly their own private jets, and live in million-dollar mansions. Somehow, we get the idea, though, that only good things should happen to good people. And when we, are, and when we see wicked people getting ahead of us in life, Lights flash and a siren goes off in our heads and we say, hey there, Lord, that's not fair. God doesn't promise that everything will go well for us on this earth. If he protected us from problems, then Satan could accuse him of bribery. When I was your age, and this is focused more to our young people now, life went terribly slow. The time between my birthdays seemed more like 365 years rather than 365 days. But now that half of my life is gone, I look back and say, where did the time go? In normal lifespan, is about 70 to 80 years. But when you compare it to the billions and trillions of years we'll spend on the earth made new, 80 years seem like a few seconds. God doesn't promise us protection from problems, but he does promise his love and friendship. He doesn't promise us everything our heart desires. But he does promise us happiness and contentment. And he promises us that if we love him and serve him, we can be and will be with him forever. Life on earth will have its ups and downs. But when we think of what God is preparing for us, the hard times down here don't seem so bad. But you know, despite it all, Sometimes life gets to us, and it gets to me, too. I know I'm I'm not excluded from this. So is life eating you up and making you the type of person that you don't want to be? It is better to be slow-tempered than famous. It is better to have self-control than to control an army. And that's Proverbs 16, verse 32. I like this story about Alexander the Great. A wise man once gave Alexander a special gift of three brave dogs. There were some of the men's favorites, but he wanted to show his affection and respect for Alexander the Great by giving these dogs to the great leader. Alexander accepted the dogs graciously, but he wasn't much of an animal lover, and when he was told that these dogs were very bold and courageous, he was skeptical. He decided to test them. First, he had his servants bring a full-grown stag into the park to see what the dogs would do. They did nothing They just observed the stag with tongues hanging out and tails wagging. Alexander snorted. He sent for antelopes to be brought to the park, thinking that maybe sheer numbers would arouse the dogs, but the dogs were unaffected by the presence of the antelopes, too. They did absolutely nothing but lay in the sun, Wagging their tails and licking their jowls. Alexander was furious. Thinking that the dogs were worthless, he ordered the servants to kill them. And it, was, and it was no sooner said than done. A few weeks later, the kind man who had given the dogs to Alexander returned to see how his favorites were doing. When he found out that the dogs had been killed and why he was upset, he cried out, Almighty Alexander, you are a great leader, but you are a foolish man. You brought a stag and a herd of cantaloupes into the park, and the dogs did nothing. But if you had set a lion or a tiger loose on them, you would have seen what brave dogs they were. Are you like those dogs? Or do you let yourself get upset over every single thing that happens in your life? If you blow up a lot, it might be time to find out why. Each day has its own share of frustrations and worries. But not everyone is worth getting upset over, or not everything that happens in our church is worth getting upset over. Some things will never change, some aren't worth trying to change, and many change on their own, whether or not you worry about them. For mine and your own peace of mind, be concerned with the important things today. Don't worry about whether or not someone smiled at you at work or in church, or whether or not your hair is perfect, or whether or not, and to the young people, your parents love you as much as they do your brother or sister. If you save your strength for really big things like working for the Lord, such as doing your schoolwork, working for the Lord, or getting to know Jesus as a friend, for things that have an effect on the rest of your life, you'll find yourself worrying less and less. You know, many of you have heard this, and um, I know I've heard it many times, but I just want to bring it to us as a reminder that we too will die. We will pass, and other people will come along. And this is a cycle that happens in life. But you know what happens in the very end? What we have accomplished or what we think we have accomplished adds up to nothing if we don't have Jesus in our lives. A myriad of men are born. They labor and sweat and struggle for bread. They squabble and scold and fight. They scramble for little mean advantages over each other. Age creeps upon them. Infirmities follow. Shames and humiliations bring down their prides and their vanities. Those they love are taken from them, and the joy of life is turned to aching grief. The burden of pain, care, misery grows heavier year by year. At length, Ambition is dead, pride is dead, vanity is dead, longing for release is in their place. It comes at last, the only unpoisoned gift ever had for them, and they vanish from a world where they were of no consequence, where they achieved nothing, where they were a mistake and a failure and a foolishness where they have left no sign that they ever existed. A world which will lament them a day and forget them forever. Then another myriad takes their place and copies all that they did and goes along the same profitless road and vanishes as they vanished to make room for another and another and a million other myriads to follow the same arid path through the same desert and accomplish what the first myriad and all the myriads that came after it accomplished? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. If we don't have Jesus in our lives, if we don't work for him, serve him, walk with him every step of the way, every single thing that we do in our lives amongst to nothing. You know, in him we live and move. In him we exist. Acts seventeen twenty-eight. This was a favorite theme of Paul's and should run continually through our thought, conscious and unconscious. Jesus is our all in all. We are complete only in him. Our lives are complete only in Jesus. If we were to take an ordinary horseshoe magnet and place it on the sheet of paper covered with fine iron filings, you would notice the filings arrange themselves in lines racing from one pole of the magnet to the other. These lines represent the lines of magnetic force that extend through the space between the poles. Now if we place an iron bar across the poles and the lines drawn by the filings will relax for the magnetic circuit is complete through the bar. In a sense, the negative pole of the magnet is attracting the positive pole and cannot be satisfied until the circuit is completed by the bar. Similarly, we are not complete without Jesus. And Jesus does not feel complete without us. He draws us to him with cords of kindness. Consider these expressions that refer to Jesus, Jesus Christ's relationship to us. And notice how, in their sum, they comprise our entire life. Jesus is our lawgiver. He is also our friend. Jesus is our judge. He is also our companion. Jesus is our example. He is also our counselor. Jesus is our intercessor. He is also our guide. Jesus is our king. He is also our brother. Jesus is our captain. He is also our defense. Jesus is the author of our faith. He is also the finisher of it. Jesus is the bread of life. He is also the water of life. Jesus is a sacrifice. He is also a high priest. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things. Will you make Jesus the center of your life today? You know... I like this little writing by Max Lucado. It's called The Gentle Thunder. And it's walking by faith. We can't follow Jesus unless we walk by faith. We have to have the faith in him that he will provide for us, that he will love us, and that he has accepted us as a child of his. Once there was a man who dared God to speak. Burn the bush like you did for Moses, God, and I will follow collapse the walls like you did for Joshua God and I will fight still the waves like you did on Galilee on Galilee God and I will listen and so the man sat by a bush near a wall close to the sea and waited for God to speak and God heard the man so God answered he sent fire not for a bush but for a church. He brought down a wall, not of brick, but of sin. He stilled a storm, not of the sea, but of his soul. And God waited for the man to respond. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited. But because the man was looking at bushes, not hearts, bricks, not lives, Seas and not souls, he decided that God had done nothing. Finally, he looked to God and asked, Have you lost your power, God? And God looked at him and said, Have you lost your hearing?" God is watching us. He's hearing us. He's accepting us every day of our lives. It's up to us to accept him in our lives, to make our lives complete. You know, the way I see life now is not the way I saw it when I was younger. I thought I had a lot of time. I thought there were so many things I could do. But now that I'm older, I find myself wanting to get a lot closer to God, wanting to walk with him, to do what he desires of all of us to do, not leaving any out. I'm talking to our young people, too. Um, that we continually commit and recommit ourselves to him and continue to walk with him every single day of our lives. Can you bow your heads with me, please? May it be thy will, O Lord our God, to grant us a long and fruitful life. We pray that it be a life of goodness and peace. A life of blessing and sustenance and bodily vigor. A life free from sin and shame and reproach. A life of abundance and honor. A life in which the Lord our God and our own fellow men will even be with us. A life in which all the desires of our hearts shall be fulfilled for our good. We pray and we thank you. Amen.